AM 630 The Word is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our AM 630 The Word Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Marcus Burgos. Thank you and welcome once again to the Church of the Week program. My name is Marcus Burgos. I am your host. And, you know, I've been reading the Bible. I love the Bible. Last week I told you how much I love the book of Luke. Uh, But guess what? I have an update. I'm reading the book of John now. And I love the book of John. John has become my new favorite book. And uh, I'll tell you next week what my favorite book is next week. <laughs> but uh, we're, we're reading about a, a man, and uh, probably an older man. And uh, Jesus walks up to him and asks him a question. And like many of us, uh, we don't answer the question. We put up our excuses. And Jesus says, would you like to be made whole? Simple, simple question. And and he comes back and says, I don't have somebody to help me. I don't have a man. I don't have people. I don't have, you know, I don't have a job. I don't have whatever the excuse is. And I thank God because if I were Jesus, I think I would have just gone to the next person mm-hmm. and said, how about you? Would you like to be made whole? Because this guy don't want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but But Jesus stayed with it and he stayed with him. And he says, you know what, beyond your excuses, beyond all your limitations, beyond all the your, your lack of vision, beyond all the things that you're looking at, I'm greater than all of that. Rise up, get up, pick up your mat, get up out of here, uh, uh, get up and walk. And he does. And it's a great miracle, a great testimony to God's power at the moment and the place of your need. And so my question for you today and what I want you to think about today is, is I'm going to repeat what Jesus said to this man. He says, would you like to be, uh, to be made whole? Would you like to get well? Don't answer with excuses. Don't answer with, with the reasons why and how, you know, it's Biden's fault, Trump's fault, Obama's fault. Don't look to, to, to the politics or to the government where Jesus is the one that's looking to heal you. Answer him. Answer him calling you today. And I and I and man, I think you have a great chance of getting a good response from Jesus mm-hmm. when you answer him. Amen. So uh that's today's uh devotional quick little shot in the arm there. But I'm in studio and so happy to be back in the studio. Uh with a local pastor that I know, love and uh uh, we've been, as a matter of fact, the reason I'm here in San Antonio, it's his fault. It's his fault I'm in San Antonio. Uh, some 20 something years ago, yeah. uh, May 8th, 2001, uh, he picked me up at San Antonio Airport because he invited me uh, to, to San Antonio to help. Uh, in the ministry of Abundant Life Church. So you know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Pastor Eli Bonilla. Pastor Eli, thank you so much for being part of the Church of the Week program. I'm glad to be here, glad to be encouraged by your devotion, and glad to start taking a a trip down memory lane. Yes, we're going (laughs) to— We're going to try to stick away from That's memory right. lane, but I don't know how we do it. There's because no way. Because we have so much history. Uh, so I, I, I usually ask now, who are you? What, what's, what's the deal? But I'm, I'm going to answer some of those questions. Oh, hey. Pastor Ellie is my brother-in-law. So our wives are sisters. Yes. And, 
and um, that's that's how we we came to know each other, and um, I thank God that we did. And but now let's get back to the program. All right. Yeah. <laughs> tell tell the audience a little bit about about you. Uh, are you a PK? Where are you mm. from? Give me a little bit of your 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 history. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad to be here. And uh, my story, it's uh, you know we all have a great story. I believe everybody has a great testimony. So I count myself as being blessed. I am a PK. My father and my grandfather were both uh, ministers. They both served in Mexico. My grandfather was the one who took the lead, and God changed him dramatically from a drunkard, uh, wife abuser. The gospel came dramatically, just like your devotional. He came to the life of my grandfather, and that man was no longer the same. And so my father was able to see that as a maybe 10-year-old boy. He was the oldest at that time, and that impacted his life to the point that he himself, or or let me backtrack a little bit, my grandmother and grandfather uh, had a conversation after being changed dramatically, and they asked, what can we give God in Thanksgiving for saving us? And they had started reading the Bible, and they talk, They heard. They got the story of the firstborn belongs to me, and so, so they go to my wow. father and they tell him, "Son, you know you belong to God." Wow! But it's an amazing thing, you know, when we talk about God's grace yes. and God's sovereignty and providence. You know, it wasn't that my grandparents called my dad. I believe God had already called him, and as kind of quirky as it sounds. Yeah. Him being given over to God in that act of great foolishness, if you will, where they say, we give you to God. God stamped my dad. And my dad, since the age of 14, started doing ministry. He's now 92 years young and continues. He he pitches for me and bats for me at church still. And I'll call him and say, Dad, you ready to preach? And he's always ready to go. So over 70 years of ministry. So I do have a... A blessed legacy. That's yeah, what I call it, right. a blessed legacy. Uh, and in my story, um, at 11 years of age, uh, we took a trip. I was born in Mexico, was raised in Mexico City. So while we still lived in Mexico City before we moved to Texas, and, and that has to be said because this is how, how awesome God is. On that trip, we traveled from Mexico City to Chicago, long trip by car. Uh, we stopped in, um, in Missouri. And in Springfield, Missouri, right outside Springfield, Missouri, there was a children's camp going on through our denomination. And my dad stopped and we stayed. Didn't understand the language, but that one of the evenings, the person that was doing the lesson, I remember he dressed like a clown and then like a firefighter, but something happened. At that very moment, God asked me to follow him. Jesus came and knocked on my heart, and I didn't know what was going on. I just felt something strange going on in my life. And my oldest sister was the one who gave me the plan of salvation. He goes, that's Jesus asking you for your life. So at 11 years of age, without understanding the language, I came to saving knowledge in a PK's home. So mm-hmm. I think God needed, God needed to do something that dramatic in my life because I knew the stories. I knew... <laughs> I knew church, I knew the gig, I knew what needed to happen. So I think God said, I need you to know it's me that's inviting you to follow me. So at 11 years of age, I gave my life over to Christ. At 18 is when I heard the call to the ministry. But let's let's stay there because you said said so much. uh, Usually PK conversions, I don't want to— I don't want to say that PKs are are, are special <laughs> or different, yeah, but yeah. man, you because of what you said, you know the gig, 
You know, there's going to be three songs and then the offering and then someone's going to speak and yell and cry and, and then the altar call. Yeah. You know, so we know, we know these things. Uh, and so PK conversions a lot of times have to be a little bit, a little bit above. Yeah. And yeah. so in a, in a country, in a city, in a place that you did not know, speaking a language that you did not understand. Did not understand. The Holy Spirit yes. reached out to you mm-hmm. and, you know, had to take you out of whatever comfort zone you were in. Sure. And whatever you knew about church to bring you to a place yeah. because he had a plan for your life. Yeah, and, and, and you know, those who have grown up in large city, metropolitan cities, uh, Mexico City uh, grows you up quickly. So at 11 years of age, I was already street savvy in that sense. And I think God needed to reach me now uh, rather than wait because I I don't know, you know, you have this, the what ifs. So thank right. God for that trip. We remember we remember it fondly. My sister and I talk about it periodically about that very moment that she told me it's Jesus. <laughs> and so she led me through that. Uh, so we get back. And then a year later, my father is asked by our denomination to come to Texas. And that's how, that's how we get to San Antonio mm-hmm. uh, at 1976. Um, bicentennial year, we didn't know what was going on. Everybody was, you know, wearing all kind of patriotic garb. <laughs> so we get here uh, and uh, we land in San Antonio. And San Antonio has been home uh, for our family, if you will. My parents are here and they've stayed here. He served out his term, you know, as part of the denomination and took on a church here and pastored it for many, many years. And so we're rooted here in San Antonio and then I leave to go study uh, at 20 after I received my call. And I was out for about 10 years and then came back in 92. And I've been here since. And so the story kind of has the ebb and flow. But Texas is my spiritual nest, if you will, um, in right outside of uh, 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 Uvalde. There's several campgrounds out there. Mm-hmm. And at a youth camp at 18 years of age, uh, God called me to the ministry. Again, very dramatic. Again, I remember you're a PK. You know yeah. the, the rhythms and youth camps are to connect and guys are there to meet girls and girls are there to meet guys and thank God for the service, but let's get to the fellowship. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was already timed out ready for the fellowship that evening. I'm just like kind of waiting it out you know, and then we'll go have fun. And then out of my seat, something grabbed me and brought me back to the altar. And it was like, nope, today your life changes. And so it was right in this open area in beautiful, uh, I think the name of the camp was Singing Hills, and some of your listeners might, might know what I'm talking about. Uh, and that camp, uh, it's, it's open, and I happened to go past the altar, and I just went like outside into the woods and stood there as if, uh, as if time stood still. Yeah. And I remember just having the sense of your plans are being changed right now. And so from that very moment, I knew that God has called me to ministry. Uh, I surrendered everything. I was planning going to college. It was my senior year. Kind of had those plans, you know, looking, tracking my life already. But it was a, a dramatic, I'm going to serve God. I don't know how. I am. Two years later, that's when I followed the route and I said, I'm going to go study. And so I went to, to school and stuck around school for about 10 years. <laughs> so you had you had other plans. You yes, already, I did. You already wanted to go into a different field. Yeah, I wanted to go into medicine. As a matter of fact, I had through my junior and senior year, there's a program called Health Occupations. And uh, I, was, I had already worked at a hospital. I wanted to be a radiologist. I worked in the x-ray department. Um, 
And so out of all of that experience, had just graduated from high school, kind of thinking forward, God said, okay, it's time to start thinking differently. And so in, it was a moment of of no regrets. You know, some people say, what? It may be, it was, it, it, again, it just, I, I tell people, I don't know if I felt like I was floating. I felt, uh, and then uh, one of the counselors, bless God for counselors at youth camps. Yeah. She comes up to me and she literally almost prophesied to me. She, she looked into the future for me mm-hmm. and she told me this and, and I still remember it and I'll remind her because I'll run into her here once in a while. Um, she told me, you know what I see? I see you speaking in front of many people. That's what she told me. You know, I'm like, all righty then. <laughs> I did that. All righty then. Uh, and so, and that stuck with me. Yeah. And one time at church, as I'm preaching, that came back to me like a flood. Yeah. And I'm standing and our church was kind of like, we have a large sanctuary. The sanctuary is pretty full. And I'm looking and I'm going back to that moment almost 30 years later when somebody says, one of these days, you're going to be standing in front of a lot of people preaching. And I'm going, my goodness, you know, God has perfect timing. So having said that, at 18, that seed was planted. And I think that that rooted me into the journey. And so I decided to pursue ministry through education. So I yeah. went to uh, the university, got a, a bachelor's in, in Bible, and then I went on to the West Coast to Fuller a theological seminary and finished out my MDiv. And then because of that, I come back to San Antonio to work at the Baptist Hospital in their clinical pastoral education program and their chaplaincy internship, which was a great also, great journey for me. So that's how kind of the journey brings me to San Antonio through through God's uh, sovereignty, those serendipity moments we call them, but God is always in there. So I don't. I don't think I had thought about maybe coming back to San Antonio, but because of that internship, brings us back. My wife at that time is with me. My oldest son is three months old, and and it's been my goodness, it's been almost thirty years, yeah. and and uh, we're still here. Apparently, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and God is faithful. Yes, He is. Uh, you know the the thing that I that I see. I I tend to look at things through a, a parent's uh, view. Sure. And looking at hearing your testimony, but gauging it from your parents, you know, how a, a parent could be busy in ministry, and many of us are. Yes. And a lot of times children fall through the cracks, and, and uh, we, we cry and we wring our hands over those, over those children. But there is, there is a, a peace uh, when, when we pray, when we seek God and we cover our families, mm-hmm. uh, that God will do things in our children's lives, you know, you being yes, the, yes. The, the child, you know, mm-hmm, God mm-hmm. reached you in places that were not necessarily your your father's sanctuary, You're right, or, or even your living room. You know, God God reached you, and and I think for that, parents can have peace. Um, and as we pray and and cover our, that's our right. children, that's right, that's perfect. Uh, and, and I believe that's that that follows. Um, I, I I think we sow seeds. And sometimes we're the ones that want to stir the seed. Exactly. And and God tells us, no, it's my timing, it's my moments. And so hindsight, thank God for 2020 vision, hindsight. Then you see God's hand guiding this process because you're right. Uh, you know, can you orchestrate it? There's no way you can orchestrate. You cannot orchestrate when your children will ultimately come into that moment of saying, thank God that my parents 
sowed that seed because now it's birthing. Mm-hmm. And I saw that in my life, and I now I see it in my children, and, and you know, everybody has that rhythm. And, and, and I also see it in others, other families' children. Uh, we've had several stories of people telling us, you know, Pastor, and I'll, I'll show up and I'll see somebody, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, I'm back. You know, yeah. I love to hear the I'm back moments because you realize that it's, they're not back necessarily because something in particular. They're back because there was good seed. That's right. And, and God is now bringing it to fruition. And so that part of that to me is – it's kind of the driving force yeah. behind the faith that we apply to ministry and to life in general. This, which is why I love uh, Bible teaching, Bible preaching. Yeah, uh, because um, some churches, I, you know, I don't want to attack anybody, but but we kind of major sometimes in entertainment, or we try to sure. anyway. Sure, and uh, and and entertainment is not going to bring anybody back. Because no. they'll just find better entertainment yeah, somewhere yeah, else. Yeah. But if we sow the seed of the word of God, That's they right. will know where to find it. They will know. And that word will bring them back. Mm-hmm. I often say the backslider is the saddest person yeah. in the world. They're, they're not going to find peace, joy. They're not, even if they, they, they knew it before, when they try to go back, they've been ruined. Uh, I tell people when they come back, you 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 were ruined, weren't you? Yeah, and they have to admit it, and and they can't no longer enjoy exactly what what they seem they seem to have enjoyed before, right? And so with that, I want to use that to transition to yeah. the church because mm-hmm. you're pastoring uh, one of the great churches here in San Antonio. We have many great churches, mm. but we cannot overlook Abundant Life Church on on that short list, and uh, Abundant Life is uh, the church that received me into San, in San yes. Antonio, Texas, me and my family, my, my two boys at that time. Yeah. And uh, Lauren, is, Lauren was she's born here. She's a Texan. Born and bred. That's right. Uh, but, uh, so, she loves bean and cheese tacos. <laughs> the that's only one. how much. <laughs> the only one in the house. <laughs> and so, uh, but Abundant Life Church is a church that preaches uh, the gospel. Yes. Unapologetically. Yes. Where you, you, I, and I preached there as well mm. for many years, and, we, and we, we were not sorry, and I'll say that, you know, not sorry that's for right. what we preached. That's right. Uh, the, the truth. But tell me a little bit. I, I feel like I could give this interview myself. I was going to say, probably, <laughs> I need to now uh, brag on you and in, in many respects because the church uh, that that we serve and and I say we I'll include you in this um you know God God surprised us I mean I I think we were not expecting to see what God was about to do uh one of the giftings that I discovered in my life is the gift of faith so mm-hmm. right around 98 when I came in to take over a church that had been established for 20 years it, it then all of a sudden things just start snowballing by 2001 when you guys arrive church is about to make the turn but we're not quite there yet but i think the decision to stay with the gospel i mm. think when you mentioned that we made a conscious decision that our church was going to stand out just simply by sharing the simple message of the gospel there are nuances to sharing it of course and how right. we go about it but we would not deviate from that and to this day we 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 maybe re-massage the thing, but it's almost that like God says, stick with it, stick with it. And the spiritual dividends uh, have, been, have been amazing uh, to the point that 
we enjoy what we do. People are refreshed. Um, yesterday we had a men's gathering, and you know about a third of the people that were there. I asked how many of you got here to church between 2015 and and now. About a third of the guys raised their hand, and I'm going. And then I had asked the question since 2000. Then we had a you know a good number of people yeah. that raised their hand, and so we're we're glad that the gospel continues to connect people and love people into the kingdom. And so our church has been about that business. There are many other things, obviously, but sticking to that one thing, and I would encourage somebody that is listening to me, if you're a pastor, if you're doing that one thing, do it well. God will honor that. Believe you me, God will honor that, and he will eventually, ultimately, return and give the desires of your heart. Yeah. Yeah, the timing is the timing is his. Uh, but I remember many times during our, our tenure at Abundant Life uh, that you would remind us, we're doing one thing. And we're we're not doing three things. We're not we're we're doing one thing, mm. and we're going to do that one thing to the best of our ability. And uh, and it was it was Bible based. It was preaching the gospel. I mean, there were there were steps. There was a ladder of success. Yes, yes, it was. Uh, and and it's still there. And, and we're celebrating it this month. As a matter of fact, we yeah. said we're celebrating who we are, That's right. and uh, we're pursuing that. So yeah, we're on it. And we've seen uh, many things, uh, miracles. And life's change, and I, I can't hardly b- go somewhere where I don't bump into someone uh, that uh, that connects us to abundant life and connects us to ministry. There. Now, now let me give you a testimony to our larger audience because some of them will 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 remember this. Uh, some of them have heard of the name Centeno. Centeno used to have uh, some uh, uh, supermarkets here in the city way back when in the seventies. A, a gentleman, Eloy Centeno. God gave us the privilege of ministering to Mr. Centeno at the end of his journey. Mm. He came to saving knowledge in Christ. And some people don't know that. Uh, he attended our church there towards the end. So we celebrated his homegoing there at Abundant Life. And people from the community came out and they were kind of, I don't know if they were amazed or what, but the fact that our church was able to connect, um, you know, this, this to me significant person in the history of our city. Eloy Centeno, uh, you know, and worship with us. And his widow is still there, still uh, there. worshiping and, and serving. And so talking about moments, yeah. you know, I think the blessing that we have as a church is that we decided to have a relational mm. ministry. And so small groups are part of who we are. But the relationships, forget the small groups. People do small groups, and I get that. And sometimes we we glamorize uh, small groups. But the reality of real, raw life relationships that are that are you know that are molded into character, into Christ likeness, uh, I would not have it any other way. Yeah. It comes with its bumps and bruises, but then you see the blessing of that. People love themselves deeply and encourage one another and and hurt with one another. And when relationships are lost, this the ache is greater yeah. because the love was, to me, fuller at that moment. So that's part of how our church has been able to continue because most people will come to us and they will tell us, somehow I feel at home here. Mm-hmm. And we have churches, and, and you know, obviously, all the pastors that are listening to me, people connect with you that way. And and if that happens, then continue to nurture that. Why would we step away from that? Right. 
<laughs> we live in a world that is based on likes and and false friends. Like a comedian said, I have 100,000 followers, but I actually have two real friends. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the reality of the world that we live in. So why would not we not serve and be a church in the city that will pursue real relationships in a very superficial culture? So tell us, Pastor, where where is Abundant Life and how can we get there? We have uh, two campuses here in San Antonio. One of them is over there on City Base now, 7431 South Press, a corner with Military Drive. And our second campus is over here on the northwest part of the city on uh, 8759 Grissom Road, and the cross street is Timber Path. Then we also have a smaller campus in Seguin, but we have about six services that, that serve the community. Uh, our all-English service is in our main campus on the Presa uh, address at 10 a.m. on Sundays. And then we have uh, three other services in, in Spanish, four other services. And then the pandemic actually gave us a virtual community. So yeah. we have a virtual campus right now that serves about 30 to 40 families outside of the city. How can Amazing. we connect there virtually? Yeah. How can we connect? Uh, if you can look for us at alcoxa.com, that's our webpage, or on Facebook, Abundant Life. Church. If you go there, you'll get all the information. If you call our office at 210-532-7722, we'll give you all the information that you need. Alcoxa stands for Abundant Life Church, Church of God, San Antonio. There you go. Alcoxa.com. Mm -hmm. That's where you can find all the information. Uh, Pastor, invite us to church on Sunday. Hey, would you please join us as we celebrate the love of Jesus during this holiday season? Right now, people are seeking something, and obviously they're looking for something to make them feel at peace. This is the time to come to church, enjoy the presence of Christ. And so would you join us at 10 a.m. at City Base in English? And if you know somebody that speaks Espanol, we have an 8 a.m. service in our City Base campus and a 12 p.m. service. And if you're in the northwest part of the city, we meet at 10 a.m. in Spanish and then in Seguin, also, if you know somebody in Seguin, they meet at 10 a.m. So come, enjoy the love of Jesus, and we'd love to see you there. San Antonio, go to church this Sunday, Abundant Life Church, one of the best churches in the city. I'll see you there. God bless you, San Antonio. Thank you, Pastor Eli. God bless. Thank you for joining us today as we featured our AM630 The Word Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at am630theword.com.